Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him like you really want to praise him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a fantastic service. It's been an awesome time. We're just going to have a short exaltation. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we pray that your spirit would speak to each and every one of us. We pray that that word that we need to hear today at this moment, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to be doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm sure that we've been blessed and we continue to be blessed. Every song, every carol, every message, the spoken word, it's just been speaking God's word to our hearts and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. So I, I love the question where Diola asked a kind of trick question about which book didn't mention the birth or the beginning. In Children's Church last week, we talked about that. Well, we talked about the story of Christmas and we said, oh, it was in Luke, it was in Matthew. Um, and that was fantastic that I was able to, to get that right. Well done. So the Christmas story, the Christmas story, we know that it was prophesied by Prophet Isaiah, by Prophet Micah. Many, many years before Jesus came, that the Messiah was going to come and Israel had been waiting for him. It says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar's Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Canarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And at this point, I kind of look like, I look at Uluwatoni and say, don't forget that next time. The questions have been fantastic. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's all say there was no room. Say there was no room. There was no room. So this is Jesus. A decree was made by Caesar Augustus. A divine idea came to his mind. It might have been when he was sleeping, when he was walking, we don't know. He would have thought that idea was his own, but it wasn't. It was a divine idea that came from heaven. Why? Because it was time for some things to kick in. It was time for some things to kick in. And so the decree was made. And he says, everybody has to go and do a census in their own hometown. Mary had to be in Bethlehem to be born. Micah had prophesied it and it had to happen that way, Micah 5.2. So something had to move her from where she was in Nazareth to Bethlehem. And this idea was a census. Mary could not be hooked up to just any guy. She had to be hooked up to somebody whose hometown was Bethlehem. And you know, when we were um, praying and we were talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things that we worry about sometimes, the truth of the matter is that when the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God, it is true. When the Bible says that everything is working together for your good, it is true. Think about the details in this story. A leader wakes up, he has an idea. He says there has to be a census. He thinks it's just a good idea, but it's not. Why did he make that one decision? Because Mary had to be moved somehow before she had her baby. To everybody else, it might have been an inconvenience an interruption to their life. You know, now we have to put everything on hold 
and go back to our home cities. But God was doing something. He was working everything out. And it can be that in 2021, at the start of it, you had all these dreams. You asked God to move you maybe five steps forward. And right now you're sitting here feeling like you've moved 10 steps backwards. Stick with God. God knows what he's doing. It might look like an interruption. It might look inconvenient. It might look like things aren't working out the way that they should. But God is doing something. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of details. So they get there and the Bible says that she has her child, but there's no room for them. There's no room for them. There's no room for them. And you know, right from that very start, when Jesus came, there wasn't room. And it repeats itself over and over and over in the lives of people in the world that we're in today. If you think about our world, um, I was reading an article just this past week about a, a, a news reporter who got into trouble. Why? Because he was doing a, seg um, a segment on Christmas. And so he brought somebody in to talk about the birth of Jesus. That's what Christmas is about, right? But Christmas has become so many things to so many people that, has, that doesn't have Jesus in it. And this guy got so much grief. Why? Because he linked Christmas to the birth of Jesus. Now, if that wasn't so sad, it would almost be funny. But this is the world that we live in, a world of no room, no room for Jesus. The census, the 2019 census, um, one of the results that came out from that census here in England is that in England and Wales, since the last census before the 2019 one, so just between 2011 and 2019, they said the number of people that put down on the census form that they're Christians has dropped from 59% to 51%, just a little over half of this country. This country that took Christianity all over the world say they're Christians today. They looked at the young people and the amount of young people that say they're Christians, very, very little. So we see this thing of no room. Last week, we were looking at heavenly treasures. What is it in your life that you're making room for? Are you making room for Jesus? Are you making room for Jesus? It's very, very easy for us to say, well, I'm a Christian. I know God. Of course, I'm making room for Jesus. But let's make sure that we are making room as we should. Let's make sure that we are making room as we should. When Jesus was born, apart from his parents, the first set of people that made room for him, it wasn't the religious people. It wasn't the guys that we would call church folks in our day and age. It was wise men from the East. Wise men from the East, they saw, saw a star. And somehow they worked out that something amazing was happening. They worked out that a baby was being born. A king was to be born. And it was so important that what did these wise men do? They dropped everything, everything. And they followed the star until it took them to Jesus. Everything that was priority became nonsense. And they dropped it. And they followed that star. Am I making room for Jesus radically like that? Are you making room for Jesus? These guys, it wasn't like they were useless people who didn't have anything that they were doing anyway. No, but they prioritized him. They prioritized him again in the prayers. We we're looking at Matthew 6, 33, talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. What is priority in your life? What is priority in my life? What is number one? How do I know what's priority? What are you spending your energies, your time, your resources on? I can say with my mouth that I'm making room for Jesus, his priority, but I need to be reflective, check my life and see if that's in, indeed true. On the other hand, at this beginning of Jesus um, coming into the world, we see the religious people, you know, the Matthew account in Matthew 2, 4, 
Matthew 2, 4 tells us that Herod, when he had spoken to these wise men for the first time, he called these leaders of the law, the scribes, the guys who knew, you know, about prophecy, the guys who knew about God, the guys that you would say, you know, are connected. And he called them and he spoke to them. Now, these guys, they missed Jesus. They missed that entrance totally. The most important thing that would happen in their lifetime, something that they had been waiting for years and years and years and years for, because they knew the prophecy, they knew what the word of God said, but somehow they still missed it. And so we need to be careful, you and I, we need to be careful. And I encourage us, you know, in humility that we say to God, Lord, search me, Lord, search me. Holy Spirit, search me, reveal to me, show me if there are areas in my life where I'm not making room like I should. Um, what we don't want to be is like the Pharisee in Luke 18, Luke 18, 9 to 14. Luke 18, 9 to 14. We're not going to read it, but th that's a parable that Jesus gave. And the Bible says that he gave it for because of those who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned other people. So this Pharisee, he looked at the other guy, a tax collector, people that people looked at as sinners. And he said, ah, I thank God that I'm not like these ones, you know. We need to make sure that we're not instinctively doing that. Of course, I make room for Jesus. I'm a Christian. What else would I do? But if I look at my life, if I'm reflective, if you look at your life, if you're reflective, are we truly making room as we should? Are we truly making room as we should? Only two accounts in the Bible where Jesus cried, where he was here on earth, where he wept. Two accounts. The first one, um, if we're in children's church, I would ask the children to tell me the first one where Jesus wept because Mary, the sister of Lazarus and others were crying. John eleven thirty five. we all knew that, right? The shortest verse in the Bible says Jesus wept. That was the first place. But the second place where he wept, he wept over the city of Jerusalem. And we see that in scripture um, where he wept over Jerusalem in Luke 19, 41 to 44. The Bible says as he drew near, he wept over Jerusalem. He wept over Jerusalem. Why? Because they didn't make room. Why? Because they didn't recognize the time of their visitation. And this is happening every day, not just in the lives of people who are not Christians, but even in the lives of Christians. Sometimes we clog up our lives with everything but Jesus. We clog up our lives with things that don't matter, things that we're chasing, things that we want so badly. And we're not making room for Jesus. And what does that mean? We're missing the time of our visitation. And why did he whip so bitterly over Jerusalem? because it was going to have deep consequences that they had missed the time of their visitation. I pray for you. I pray for myself that we would make room for Jesus, that we would not miss the time of our visitation in Jesus' mighty name. So as we carry on with this wonderful week, um, this week where we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, where we're celebrating Christmas, where we would be hopefully giving each other gifts, wishing ourselves well, reaching out to other people. Let's re remember that first Christmas where there was no room for Jesus and be determined that in your life, in my life, we will make room for him in Jesus' mighty name. For someone here, it could be that you've never consciously said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. You've never made room like that. And it could be that this is the day that you need to do that. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So I just want you to take a minute and just pray for yourself wherever you're at. Somebody might need to say, God, open my eyes. Show me those areas where I'm not making room as I should. 
Somebody else might need to say, Father, I've never consciously given my life to you, but I want you to come into my life today. I want you to become Lord of my life. I just want you to just take a minute and pray for yourself. You know, there are blind spots in our life sometimes, blind spots that we cannot see. You want to say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see those blind spots so that I can make room for you as I should. Let's lift up our voices and just pray for a minute for ourselves. Let's pray for our children as well. Let's pray that God would help us to, to encourage others to go out and be those people that would encourage others to make room for him in a world where increasingly there seems to be no room for Jesus once again. I will make room for you. I will prepare for two, so you don't think that you can live here. Please live in me. I That's our confession, and in Jesus' name, that would be our reality. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.